Yo, what's going on, people? Um, Grow Digi here from the Proof of Review team here on the Rec Podcast. Hello and welcome to Wrecked Podcast. I am Bunchu alongside my esteemed colleague and co-host, Crypto Chamber. Chamber, how you doing, buddy? Doing pretty good, man. Um, you know, it's, uh, what day is it today? Wednesday? I don't I'm, fucking know. I don't even know anymore at this point, I'm going to be honest. Um, I feel like it's midweek. Uh, I feel like the weekend's just right around the corner. I'm very excited uh, to do nothing. And um, I'm actually doing nothing this weekend as well. Isn't that nice? And it's our last show of the week, which I feel like is like the weekend for us. Yeah, thank God. When we do our last show of the week, I feel like that's when my weekend starts because I don't have to do anything at night and um, we just coast right into Monday. So so technically, our podcast weekend starts tonight. (laughs) I like that. Podcast weekend. There you go. (laughs) Anyway, well, we've got a good show for you today. We have a very special guest. Our first guest in uh, quite some time, huh? Yeah, at least a couple of weeks. Yeah, Uh, I know. Like four weeks or so. That's pretty crazy. So we have Grow Digi from Proof of Review. Digi, how you doing, man? Yo, guys, what's going on? Not too much. So, Dig, you are... We've met uh, now. We've known each other for a few months. Um, Hold on, met, met. You know, I guess. I guess because we haven't even met. No, we haven't. I mean, I guess what's the right term then? What do we? If we are not, if we haven't met, I would say known each other. We've known each other for a few months now uh, through Coin HQ, and I do have to go on the record and say, Digi is one of my favorite people on that team. I think right away we we I think the three of us connected pretty pretty well. So uh, I would say I favorite just, people in in crypto at this point. I agree. I mean that that's a short list, anyways. But uh, <laughs> I just I was we've been we've been trying to get this done for a little while now. So it's great to have you on the show. Yeah. No. Thank you very much for having me. So let's get right into it. So Dig, how did you? get started in crypto uh you've been around for i believe quite some time i feel like he's an og is that i I would say so yeah i mean i guess you could say so um it's kind of a loose term thrown around nowadays i mean i call myself an og yeah chamber calls himself an og (laughs) it's uh, pretty much a self-anointed title i guess um so yeah anyone can call himself but yeah a little bit about my journey um, so kind of heard about Bitcoin like kind of early 2013 when the first kind of like bull run um, happened above $100. I think we hit like 240 Um I remember at the time uh, my brother kind of brought some bought some rigs and he was mining in his bedroom. And I was like, what, what the hell are these things? They're so loud and noisy. And I was like, oh, they're mining Bitcoin. And I was like, well, how much are they making? And it's probably like, oh, about a pound a day. And I was like, well, it's not really worth it, is it? So kind of fast forward a few months, kind of got a bit more interested. Um, we eventually started getting a few more rigs. Um, at the time, I just left my job and I started, a, I had a t-shirt and clothing business. And basically, we kind of got set up with a place. My brother would have his rigs on one side of the office. I would have my printing stuff. And over a couple of months, really started getting intrigued and eventually started um, selling my 
my clothing um, um, in Bitcoin. So kind of this is how I really started then getting interested, um, started kind of then getting involved in the mining. And then unfortunately kind of Mt. Gox happened. Um, any money that I'd made from my t-shirt sales and hoodie sales kind of went down the drain. But I think the one thing it had done is kind of give me a real interest to kind of actually learn about the technology and how this works and kind of looking after yourself and being secure. And uh, yeah, I guess the rest is history. So I mean, that was late 2013. And here we are, like, what, six and a half years later, kind of seven years nearly since I started. And yeah, kind of still fully involved. Yeah, in the I would call that OG status, yeah. wouldn't you, Chamber? A hundred percent. If you lost money on Gox, yeah, that's OG. OG, st- OG status. So you, you got Goxed, huh? Pretty much. I mean, I look back at it. Tell us about that, because that's still like such a fascinating aspect of crypto history to me. I mean, it, it, when I kind of look back on it, right, it just kind of really puts into context. I mean, at the time, the the money wasn't, it didn't really feel like money because I'd never really touched Bitcoin in terms of cashing it out and really kind of appreciated that, you know, you put money in on one side and you can take it out on the other so at the time, I'd kind of had Mt. Gox as a payment process on my website. I mean, bear in mind that the kind of infrastructure that existed in that time, like seven years ago, was nowhere near as what it is like now in terms of payment processes and cashing out and that kind of thing. So then, like, within a couple of months, I'd, I'd done all right. I'd got a few sales. Um, whatever money I'd made from my hoodie sales, I covered the uh, the cost of the jumpers and the T-shirts in my own pocket, and then I just decided that, you know, um, whatever that cost me, then the amount of BTC I got was like a cheaper way of basically getting the Bitcoin and buying it myself, if that makes sense. Um, what kind of uh, what kind of T-shirts and hoodies are we talking about here? I, I feel like I need a visual of my... Like a second job when I was working. So before I started in crypto, I used to work in social work, um, which is kind of a demanding job in itself. So kind of I got a few years in and I was like, right, I need to do a side hustle. And yeah, the t-shirts are mainly around like uniforms and party t-shirts and, and things like that. Uh, I eat out a lot. So I always used to go to takeaways and think, hang on a minute, this guy, every place I go has got their own t-shirt. Somebody's making it and selling it to him. So maybe I can start this. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how I got into that. Um, the stuff I sold, I mean, um, how I started selling it in crypto was just as simple as literally getting a plain t-shirt or a hoodie and just putting a Bitcoin or a Litecoin logo on it. And just putting it on my website and funnily enough, you know, as, as most things in crypto, you know, once things pick up, um, they tend to just kind of just start going from there. That's super interesting. So, uh, now you're okay. You're selling t-shirts and, and hoodies. You got goxed and, uh, now where, how did you get involved with, um, like, you know, the guys, the other guys at CoinHQ, how did that all, all come about? Yeah, so, I mean, um, it's kind of just, I guess, a, a meeting of fate, like with most kind of startups and projects in crypto, it tends to just be a bunch of guys who have got an idea and tend to get together. And before you know it, it's kind of um, something that's built on the other end that's kind of tangible and, um, you know, kind of really, you know, a niche product. So, I mean, CoinHQ, I guess the idea came around was like, you know, we, we kind of, um, you know, talked about so many podcasts out there in the space. Um, you know, for example, you guys have a great podcast. There's loads of others. Uh, you know, maybe people have kind of a difficulty in keeping track of all these things and, and listening to them in, in one easy to listen place. 
So I guess kind of CoinHQ just came up naturally from that and um, we decided wouldn't it be cool to make a platform where people could kind of listen to their favourite content in one place and then also listen to it on demand as well. So, you know, if they want to kind of flick through a few shows at one time, it's kind of like a, a Netflix-style service. Right. Now, you guys, it was... Um well, this came about, I want to say, through Shitcoin Talk. Is That's that, where I was going, yeah. Is that right? right? Kind of, yeah. I mean, pretty much. I mean, again, kind of like the idea was we're a bunch of guys getting together. Um, everyone's got their own ideas. And this is kind of like extrapolated for our crypto with, with kind of every podcast out there, I guess. So I just thought it would be a natural fit to, to kind of look for, for a, one platform where everyone can view anything at their own leisure. That's interesting. So... Obviously, you're a part of the, the you know the team that kind of brought it to you know reality. But you yourself have a show on Coin HQ um, called Proof of Review. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So um, Proof of Review is my uh, my project. Um, basically, our, our aim is to uh, to review projects out in the space and kind of give our opinion on them. Uh, I think it's nice and easy for people to kind of give their opinions on Twitter. Um, but unfortunately, kind of when you're trying to back that up with then more information, it's sometimes difficult to kind of, you know, express your opinion in uh, in 120 characters or less, I guess. So proof of right, review, right. the basic premise of it is kind of just putting all these projects into one pot using some sort of framework to, to rate these. Uh, then, yeah, kind of naturally just from it, you know, as you guys can probably tell from the podcast, I like to chat a lot. Um, so... Yeah, I guess the natural fit then was to kind of like, you know, do the videos on top of the reports. And it's something I really enjoy doing, I guess, is connecting um, with people and kind of sharing my experience. What were some of your favorite kind of reviews on your show? Oh, okay, cool. So, I mean, recently I started doing a market review. Um, So kind of like just looking at, you know, the generic kind of um, price movements of coins every week. Uh, I think what I find really interesting with that, and it's kind of not reflecting on me and what I do, is more when I kind of look at what other people are doing and the journey they come across. Um, you know, I like to feel that kind of like I'm no expert when it comes to, you know, looking at charts. But I, the one thing I do notice kind of like six, seven years on from kind of starting this whole journey, it just feels a lot more natural, a lot more easier than when I first started and, you know, even a couple of years in. Um, and I think one of the reasons for that is, you know, when I first used to look at charts and, you know, as, you, as you're developing as a trader, you literally don't know where to look. Um, it's just, you know, a swathe of information. You're then getting bombarded with other people's ideas, their thoughts, um, you know, their predictions. So it's just been a refreshing change for me to kind of just talk about this with no pressure attached. And also maybe hopefully, you know, show people out there that this is a journey that, you know, takes time. It doesn't come overnight. Um, so, yeah, that's probably my um, most fun show to date. So did uh, did this show for you kind of start as, you know, a necessity for yourself to kind of get a handle on uh, everything that you saw going into the market? I mean, obviously, crypto, when you get into it, can be, like you said, overwhelming and, and I mean, kind of scary if you don't know what the hell you're doing, right? So uh, did, the, did the show kind of come from about, you know, your own experiences and saying, hey, like, nothing like this was out there at the time. Let me, let me kind of do something like that most definitely yeah i think you made you made a good point you kind of hit the nail on the head so 
um, for kind of like the last time I was working in a proper job was maybe like 2016. Um, I then left work to kind of start mining again uh, when Zcash came out. So, I mean, at the time, um, so many coins were coming out. This is kind of like, wow, this is super overwhelming. So I would just have like a basic framework um, to hand that I would, I would always use when looking to, to kind of mine coins or trade coins or whatever. Uh, and over time, this then kind of developed throughout 2017. Obviously, everyone knows um, the ups and downs of that year. Uh, it's kind of poignant, you know, talking on a podcast called Rep Podcast. Because then 2018 <laughs> was the year that this really hit home and kind of like, you know, um, it, I thought it became a necessity to, to have some sort of filter criteria for a project before you're A, looking to invest your time, but almost or more importantly, you know, B, before you invest your money and emotion into something. I'm going to say, so kind of like late to mid-2018, came up with the idea for Proof of Review, um, launched it several months later on a website, and then, yeah, kind of the videos have just been a natural progression from then. That's cool. So um, what did you, I'm sure your process of reviewing and what you find important about certain projects has uh, changed over the years since you've been doing it. Um, what do you find, you know, are the are the most important criteria for people to, you know, kind of uh, take note of while they're looking into these projects? Um, I think that's a really good point. And yeah, as I've kind of done this for, you know, for quite a while now, I just become really cynical um, in terms of what I see in the industry. I mean, I think the first and probably the most important point for anyone to kind of take on board with when assessing a project is, is it doing something unique? Um, and that can be in any way. Is a team outstanding? Have they got an excellent use case with a working product? Um, have they got an excellent community? Have they got lots of money? But I think underlying the more and more I do this, um, I realized that probably the most important thing for any project to survive in this space um, is are they producing any revenue within their project or are they due to, you know, do they have the potential to... Um, the bottom line is after being in crypto for six years, so coming on seven um, in a couple of months, the reason, the number one reason projects fail is because there's no money eventually to pay the staff or to kind of get stuff done. You know, once you lose that that element, then the motivation to continue working on a project dies very quickly, and as such, the project dies. Um, and you know, that always like, reminds me of. Uh, do you guys remember Substratum? Yes. The, <laughs> yeah. Where the guy started trading is uh, <laughs> right. The, 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 the fund. fund. During the bull, during the bull market, I mean, it was a terrific idea. It was the, um, it was essentially the same idea they had on Silicon Valley about, you know, the decentralized internet. So there was a lot of like positive, you know, a positive feeling about Substratum, and then they went from kind of one end to the one end of the spectrum to the very other end of the spectrum when they started shorting ETH. I feel like it was like eighty dollars or something. Like, could you, could you imagine? It's so hard. But yeah, they they ran out of I'm assuming they probably ran out of money to pay the staff. And then they're like, "All right, we'll just go to Vegas and bet it all on black." Uh when it was obviously going to be red. Um so, yeah, it's uh that's a that always reminds me of those. So when you say uh, you know, generating revenue, you're not talking about ICOs and coin raises. You're talking about how does the actual project, you know, bring in money outside of that, right? I feel like, you know, I feel like not many do. 
They don't. And I mean, um, you know, the bottom line is any business is only as successful as the amount of money it can pay its staff and keep going. Now, I guess in the tech world, it's slightly different because, you know, sometimes you can basically gain value for a company based on your user base, the data on that user base, you know, um, in the intellectual property, etc. But I genuinely think in crypto right now, because things are so competitive and there's so many coins coming out and it's so easy to replicate a product, that unless you're making money to be able to beat the next person, then, you know, you're really going to struggle to make any lasting impact in this industry. Um, now, how I mean, I would say probably one of the other biggest things about uh, these projects' potential successes are their team, right? And so, how do you kind of evaluate that? Because I feel like that's a huge part of um, whether or not they're going to be able to even have any kind of success. Um, that's a really good point, and yeah, I mean, again, the the project's only really as strong as the team working behind it. Um, I like the fact that crypto is becoming more and more transparent over time. Um, one of the key criteria we look at when we're reviewing any project is that, you know, if you're asking for any sort of time and investment into your business, the minimum criteria for that should really be that you have some sort of company or foundation registered for that, that project. And also, you know, preferably some sort of real name um, attached to that along with, you know, um, you know, experience of your um of your working work in history or your you know your academic background um, it's very difficult for people to make a, a judgment based on someone's username handle and oh this guy has been an OG in crypto for a long time of course he's going to be good at something but it's never a guarantee um, I mean another thing we like to see is a transparency of a company traveling to conferences um, I'm a strong believer that because the crypto space is so small right now um, networking, you know, kind of has its value, you know, it kind of has its huge value, it pays its weight in gold, so to speak, you know, one trip to a conference to meet several like-minded people, people who can join your team, people who can, you know, give you technology is worth way more than kind of, you know, paying people to tweet about your project and promote it. Um, and I guess that the, the other thing we kind of really strongly look at is you know, <clears throat> the financials for the project. So as we talked about in terms of generating revenue, um, we feel that every team should be transparent with how they spend their money in crypto. I'm laughing when I say this. It's pretty much understood now, two, three years down the line, that every project that generated funds through ICOs in 2017 spent these on, you know, strip clubs, on parties, on first-class flights, on, you know, extravagant things. Even though it's laughed at the, at the time, when you look back on it, that's mine and your money that was given away to these people. Um, so moving forward, if you're ever going to invest in a project, I think it should be a minimum requirement that, you know, the project should produce an annual financial report like they would do in the real world. Also, we'd like to see some sort of transparency around team funds and how they're spent. And I guess the last thing we'd like to see is you know, this just become the norm across it. You know, once one project starts doing it and people talk about it, then every other project should start doing it. It should just become the norm, like, you know, transparent team names became the norm. Yeah, I think that's all super uh, important. I mean, I think, and I, I think what you're doing with that is really still uh, important to the space because I think, you know, there's so much 
information there's so much clutter there's noise there's crypto twitter where half the people are just showing you their bags and uh you got to make a informed decision about where or if you're going to put your money somewhere so um all of those things are, are super important to um you know being successful other than you know what's the chart look like right like you know you could go put your money on on anything and maybe get lucky but you want to make sure you're making a uh, smart and informed you know dis- decision so well especially uh, too with uh you you know as much as we joke about it there we i think i would say this year at least if not the last three or four months we have had some new people come into crypto and for those people that we have you, I know you don't think so, but I'm sure there was some. I, I think there is. I think that's the sentiment. Is your alt accounts don't count? They absolutely count because they haven't learned a lesson yet. Um, but I think there are some new people. It's not 2017, uh, but you know, it might be 2016 levels um, as far as percentage goes. But it is good for those people to see what you know, kind of a proper assessment of a company looks like. Um, to hear about the horror stories of 2017 and 2018 about you know the the yacht parties and the strip clubs and you know. Um, so if they do run into these things, they, they should be looking at this from a, a business lens as opposed to a, you know, exactly. whatever lens we were looking at it through in 2017. Beer goggles. Beer goggles is probably the <laughs> correct lens. <laughs> um, yeah. So sorry, one point I just want to add on that. Anyone coming new into crypto, I don't recommend trading or day trading as the first thing that you do. I mean, obviously, it's seen as the most glamorous and it's what people push you into, especially, you know, the amount of trading by leverage products are out there nowadays. And, you know, the the kind of talk of people making money as someone who's been around in crypto for seven years, I don't know anyone that makes money trading. Uh, you know, and that that's a powerful statement. So I've known plenty of people to make money in this space by investing and holding and kind of getting lucky. But I don't know one person who makes money by trading and does that as their job. Now, don't get me wrong. There are people out there who do it, but they are very few and far between. And, and I don't want to kind of go on a rant on this, but the best example I want to give just for your listeners. Do it, do it. In 2015, there was a project that came out called Gambit. For anyone who remembers, will know exactly how it started off. And the basic concept was they raised an ICO and they they aimed to use those funds to basically fund a trading fund for the best traders on Twitter or the best traders seen at the time, you know, whatever. Um, And what they would do is the profits generated from those trading um, funds would be used to buy back the coin and also kind of reward the holders um, in some way and also reward the traders with a commission as well. Now, the benefit of this was that all the trades taken were transparent and they were on spreadsheets for anyone to see. You didn't have to be a token holder to see and you had the name of the person trading or the user handle, whatever. I look back on that and not one person made money on that sheet. So I repeat, these were the best traders that were on Twitter I can pull up the sheet if you guys would like later on and kind of ping it so you can maybe put it by the time you guys are recorded. But I want people to take this into account. The best traders on Twitter did not make money using someone else's money. So if they can't do it when there's no risk involved, how are they making money when it's their own money? They're not. That is the bottom line. And 
I'm just going to say it like this. If you want to make money in crypto, there are dozens of ways to do it. Everyone seems to think that going to trading is the best way and it's the most glamorous. I'm telling you it's not. I will give you another example. Sorry, I'm going on a big rant here. No, I like this. This is great. (laughs) So I was sitting down with my wife the other day and I was like, look, you know, I don't want you to work as a teacher for the rest of your life. Let's see what you could do here. Let's fit your skill set. And she goes, I don't know how long will it take. So all right, I'm going to look at the biggest company in crypto and I'm going to give you a story about when this guy started off. So I think it's probably universally acknowledged that BitMEX is by far and away the biggest company in crypto in terms of, you know, market. Yeah, we had a, we had a story on it uh, earlier this week. Right, there you go. Um, so I remember when Arthur launched this exchange in late 2014, it was basically in, in competition to OKX and their futures markets and their leverage products. Around about January 2015, Arthur Hayes, bear in mind, the CEO of, you know, the biggest crypto company, came into a chat room like you would do in a Slack or a Discord, any of the chats that are out there nowadays. He came into one particular one and he said, hey guys, this is my new product. Please sign up here. We're just in startup phase and we're we're willing to work with you guys and build the best product we can. And crypto was at such a silly phase that day, or that era, sorry, not that day, that time, that people dismissed this guy. I remember one guy even called him the N-word um, and I was like, oh wow. And now I, I, and now I look back on it. I said to my wife, I go, let's look at how much revenue goes through this guy's website every day and let's calculate how much that works out to. So we worked out that BitMEX has around about $6 billion worth of revenue that passes through its site every day. Now, that's not what they make, but that's money that flows back and forth through their site on trading. Now, I worked it out. So if you times that over the course of the year, that's not too much difference from the GDP of the UK. So what I was oh trying to gosh. say is, Arthur Hayes, within five years, has built a business that rivals the GDP of the UK in terms of revenue that passes through the <laughs> site every year. Now, when you put that into context, what other industry could you do that in? Nothing. This crypto industry is Nothing. so bountiful and... I think my real passion right now is to kind of spur people into looking at other avenues where they can generate money in crypto aside from having to sit and trade on a speculative asset. When when you break it down and you think of the moral aspect, trading is probably the most immoral aspect in crypto that exists. And the reason why I'll say this, there's nothing more immoral than you buying a shitcoin that you know is worthless and has no use and you wanting to sell that for 10 or 100 times its value onto a complete stranger and give it to him knowing it has no value. And basically the idea is as long as you get rich, you don't care what happens to him and how much money he loses. You know he's going to lose money buying that off you at an inflated price. But because it's seen as acceptable, there's no moral conflation with like, oh, this is immoral. Um, whereas in my eyes, I would much rather someone start a business and we had hundreds and thousands of businesses in crypto selling products, selling services that are valid, you know, and kind of growing the space that way. Um, sorry, I've gone on a rant. I'm just realizing I've been talking for about five minutes. No, Trust me, they're awesome. tired of listening to us. Michelle, <laughs> <laughs> basically, all I'm trying to kind of to, to, to do is inspire guys out there that to start up a startup in crypto, you can do it with a few hundred dollars, a Twitter account, and a few hours spare every night. If you want to work in crypto, there's hundreds of transferable skills that you can use from the real world 
to transfer here. And you would be shocked the premiums that are paid for jobs in crypto. Now, you know, I was mentioning before that I was a social worker, so I was always capped at a certain wage. I wasn't going to go above that no matter how many more years I worked. I am shocked to think that as a community manager in crypto, dealing with Twitter and Telegram messages all day, I would get paid more than, you know, a, a professional worker in the UK doing a professional job. Um, I would I would get paid more wow. as a community manager than I ever would done as a social worker. And, That's you know, when, when you think about it, you know, again, you're being paid in crypto. So if someone is earning in crypto and they're able to save something from it, give it a year or two in a bull market. And before you know it, that small investment of your time becomes worth something compared to putting money into investing and trading and losing over and over and over again. So, you know, that's my two cents. And yeah, I think that's a really I think it's awesome because, you know, we've had a million people on here that like to that do trade. Right. So it's I think it's interesting to get another, uh, you know, more probably realistic, uh, you know, opinion on what that might look like and all the other avenues that you can use to make money. What do you think, Chamber? I mean, it is a fresh look at it. Um, yeah, you're just so used to seeing, and you had mentioned, right, the you know the leverage trading and how aggressive it is, and you know how <laughs> questionable it is. I want to use the right words, but to me, it's very similar to the you know the advertising and the push that we get from leverage trading uh, sites is very very similar to. Uh, gambling or you know casinos like Las Vegas type mentality, right? Um, so calling it as it is, uh, because you're right. I think the I think the majority of people that come into crypto that are new see the uh, the hundred hundred times leverage, fifty times leverage, whatever it is. Um, and and you know, I remember when I got in, and you would see tweets from people saying, "Oh, you know, caught a quick." you know whatever they call it with 30x leverage i'm like what is this insane or what and no they're not making any money um and and the traders that i know just from being in the being in it uh for a few years now everybody that i know that that knows what they're doing uh very rarely do they go over 3x leverage um so it's like every man out there can get a woman right but not every man has the confidence to approach a woman and pick her up in the street. That's reserved for a very few select kind of confident guys who are so used to doing it, it just comes natural to them. But that They're doesn't mean that. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> there you go. Now, that doesn't mean that other guys can't get women. Uh, but all it means is they have to use different means. They use the internet, they meet girls at work, university, college, school, etc. So... The guess of the way I'm trying to say it is trading is for the very select few who are good at it. If you're not confident enough to pick up girls in the street, you're not going to keep doing it again and again. If you keep getting rejected over and over again, what you are going to do is look at other ways to get girls and focus on what your strengths are and then utilize that to basically get laid. You know, so it's very much the same in earning in crypto. Yeah. Interesting. Good point. Um, so that's a i think we we've covered a, a pretty good portion there do you, uh what do we got next for him chamber 
I've heard some stories, but Digi, I think, has some pretty good rec stories. Um, we've we've chatted a bunch uh, online, and uh, I've heard a couple of these. So, did do you do you have like a either a crypto rec story or a real life rec story that uh, that you'd like to share with us? Yeah, I mean, let, let's kind of hit a crypto one to kind of have a bit of nostalgia and kind of go back to the good old days. Sure. Riggity, riggity, Rexon! So, I mean, there's, there's a couple, but I want to talk about this one in particular because I just think the audacity of the guy, like literally the audacity of this guy was shocking. And, you know, maybe people wouldn't kind of relate to that nowadays. But in, in 2015, there were still like ICOs going on. Obviously, it was highly unregulated in those days. Um, the market was dead. So ICOs were actually kind of the thing at the time. And, uh, you know, people would raise kind of like 100, 200 BTC there, here and there. Now, at the time, it wasn't much, like $40,000, $50,000. Uh, but now, obviously, people would be like, shit, that's life-changing. But there was this one particular guy, and the coin was called Equinox. Um, for anyone listening, hopefully that will resonate if you're around at the time. Um, but basically, cutting a long story short, this guy had raised the funds, you know, gone quiet for a few days, as devs always do. You know, at this point, people are getting worried. And then, literally, it just pops up out of nowhere like post a selfie of himself in a hotel with like two bottles of champagne in each hand, you know, arms around two hookers in each arms and, you know, dressing gown on and basically like, cheers guys. And you kind of look back at the audacity of this guy. Oh, that pretty wow. much just... <laughs> Not only to do that is one thing, right? But then to come back while you're doing it and think, fuck it, let me just take a quick selfie so I, I can show that. Oh man, I mean... Kind of reminds me of the good old days of crypto, I guess. I feel like that happened all the time. And like, we're sitting here like, what the hell were we doing? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, we just gave this money to complete strangers for no reason, essentially, just because we wanted to become rich. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what it comes out to, right? <laughs> so it's kind of our own fault. <laughs> it's true. And I think the funny part of it is, it's only when it's kind of like tangible seen in front of you about what this money can buy that it really then starts hurting. People are like, yo, I could have got a hooker and I could have got, you know, a nice hotel for the weekend. <laughs> like, what the fuck, man? I've, really, I've never spent money on that in my life, but I gave it this guy to go and do it, you know? So, <laughs> yeah, I guess... No, only thing on my vision board right now is just hookers. Yeah, uh, yeah, this is, <laughs> that's uh, all I have on my vision board. That's really funny. Yeah, you know, um, I mean, I guess crypto's changed a lot over the years, but I think the one thing that doesn't change is is the the thieving element. So, you know, people should just always be distrustful of people in crypto. This this guy is not your friend. It, it, I mean, in fact, the the one thing I'll always say, like the biggest rep sign you can always tell, is if anyone comes to you and asks to borrow money, and you know he trades on leverage, do not give it to him. Whatever story he's going to give you, the underlying thing is he's lost the money and now he's going to try and gamble it back so he can get his money back and he's going to use your money to do it. That sounds insane. I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't even envision a world where... Are we talking about people from Twitter or just like... <laughs> uh, <laughs> substratum. Exactly. I got a DM from Substratum. Yeah, you know, people give you the biggest sub story. Oh, my cat's ill and my dog dog's ill and, you know, my dad's this and, you know, uh, I can't be bothered to get work. Holy oh, and you kind of like shut the... I didn't realize that was an option. I, I got to start begging, I think, online maybe. Uh, do you get approached a bunch? 
Do you get approached on these things? I, I have never been uh, approached to give anybody money. Um, um, no, I don't think. I think okay. in order for that to happen, people have to think you have money. You have money to give. Our, our, our podcast is called Rex. So right. Mean, I think so I think we've kind ourselves. of insulated ourselves from that a little bit. Yeah. There's so many people on Twitter who have begged for money over the years, but no one knows about it. It's kind of like people don't embarrass them in that way. But I'm telling you now, they put on the biggest front, like they're super successful and this and that. But inside, I'm thinking, you fucking beg for money. You know, begging is the oldest pastime in crypto, I guess. People have no shame in doing it. That's that's impressive to me. Uh, it's, I, I didn't know. Well, it's because you're, bu- you're a bunch of just anons behind a Twitter account. You know what I mean? They're, those people wouldn't do that on the street to you um, most of the yeah i was just saying like to the person if they're listening you know who you are stop begging and go out and get a job all right i think a lot <laughs> of it has to do too i i i I've, i try not to be a i try not to be ageist but um yeah i think i think you know a lot I, it wouldn't shock me if a lot of these people out there begging are a few years removed from begging their parents for money at home, you know what I mean? So it's probably... Or like, maybe a, not I, even. Or maybe not even, exactly. I, I'm an old man. I haven't begged for money in a long time, uh, like from my parents at least. So I couldn't even envision a world where I'm, you know, DMing anon accounts on Twitter. <laughs> just going on another little rant, I think it's like the entitlement of this, you know, younger generation. They just feel like they're entitled to anything. So like begging is not shameful for them, I guess. I guess not. <laughs> we're a bunch of boomers um yeah so i i still want to know i I want digi to go on more rants here so what what's the what's maybe the worst project you've reviewed oh shit or a couple or a couple of like the really bad ones yeah i mean you know um i guess i don't really want to call them out by name too much because like if they're still existing i don't really want to you could talk in generalities though yeah i mean some of these things you know they're just so shit it's unbelievable i mean by just by experience mining coins tend to be like the shit of the shit so that's like the easiest to launch you know it costs a less least amount of budget and you can pretty much fire one of these things up like within half a day day you know with branding and stuff etc um i look back at some of the shit that came out things like craigslist coin was a, a pow <laughs> coin that, i mean you know it had nothing to do with craigslist but just the association with the name you know, who <laughs> supposed to pump this thing? Um, a ton of things like that shit. I mean, this is kind of jogging my memory back to like 2014 days. Um, basically, yeah, I mean, fucking hell. Oh, shit. I mean, there was so much shit that used to come out. It's really hard. Aurora coin. Oh, God. Yeah, let's think of this one. So Aurora coin was like a coin based on, you know, it had nothing to do with the country of Iceland in terms of like government or whatever. But for some reason, people had associated that this is now going to become the national currency of, of Iceland. So before you know it, like this coin, I mean, it's ridiculous to think about it <laughs> Some shitty proof of work coin. I think it had like an eight minute block time or something or something stupid. And I think it took like 300 confirms to, to send it. So, you know, I mean, kind of a math is not too good, but like a 300 confirmation at eight minutes. It was going to take you a couple of days or something. So, yeah, I remember this coin got to, like, number three on the market cap. And Stop. It's fucking astonishing to look back. Like, I think it got to, like, a billion dollars. I mean, I don't know. Exactly. Maybe I'll have to have a look. But it got to something ridiculous. And, yeah, I look back and, you know, that's probably the biggest piece of shit that I've actually, you know, had any sort of involvement in. 
from like, whoa, this is, you know, something I mined for a day and, you know, kind of, or a week, I think it was, and this is kind of what it's turned into. So it's, um, it's crazy. I mean, again, I'm just going on another rant here, like about how businesses start up in this space. So like people look at NiceHash and, you know, they'll see that as, as an example of a professional business. And of course it is. But around this time when, you know, I'm talking about this coin, Aurora coin, how mining hash power rental used to work is people would just DM other people and say, oh, hey, can I borrow your rig? So I started doing this. Um, and then what I used to do is rent a rig out, see what people would mine on it, and then just mine it on my own rigs as well. And, you know, cutting long story short, I guess it's, it's little like hustles like this that really build you in crypto. Um, so again, it's something I really recommend to people, like always get involved in in, in learning new things, in, in kind of taking risks. Well, yeah, sorry, I'm going another rant again. No, I think it's awesome. So uh, I, lo- I love the Digi rants. The, uh, that should be our hashtag. Yeah, uh, I agree. Chamber, Digi rant. Um, all right, so I, I think that's uh, that's a good place. What do we got next, Chamber? I got one last thing for us to do, a little fun in games. All right. I haven't come up with a name for it yet, but we're going to call it... Uh, Oh, let's call it Name That Team. Wrecked. Wrecked. Um, and what this is, is we have, uh, if you haven't figured this out yet, Digi is from England um, with his, you know, uh, very sophisticated accent. Um, and Bunchu is from uh, the United States of America with his regular accent, we'll call it <laughs> regular for North America. Um, and what we're going to do is I'm going to give each of you uh, the 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 name of the mass, or I will call it the logo or the team name. Um, bunch of you're going to get English Premier League teams, mm-hmm. and Digi, you're going to get National Football League teams. Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna see which one of you knows more about the other person's favorite sport. So uh, I'm gonna get killed. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know American football, but yeah, this, this is, is this should be fun. So. Uh, we'll do. Uh, we'll keep it fairly simple. We'll do five teams each, and uh, we'll see who comes out the victor. Uh, so, are you giving me the city, and I have to name the team? Okay, I'll, I'll leave or- it up to you guys. I have both. Um, what I was going to do is I was going to give you the nickname or the you know the, the the team name, and then you give me the city and or the you know the location of the team. Or we can do okay. it the other way. Or we can do it the other way. No, Whatever. I like uh, I like that better. Okay, I think. Okay, so uh, Digi, because you're our guest, we're going to start with you. Um, this is NFL team. I will give you the logo or what do you call it? The the team name mascot mascot. Okay, so we'll start off uh, with some easy ones. And then we'll kind of progressively get a little harder, okay? Okay. Are you ready, Digi? Question one. What city are the 49ers from? San Francisco. That is (laughs) correct. Okay. (laughs) This is going to be embarrassing. You're going to get slaughtered. (laughs) All right. Let's go. All right. Okay, okay. Okay, bunch. I'm gonna I'm gonna hook you up with an easy one here. Okay. I mean, I know some of these. I I don't think I'm gonna get my. I'm reading these and I'm like, I don't know any of these. Uh, 
So I'm going to go, um, okay. What, what city, I guess it's a city. Uh, what, we're going to assume these are all cities. <laughs> you don't even know if it's a city. <laughs> I don't know if it's a county or a city or a township, but what, uh, what area are the Spurs from? I, I know this one. Ooh, all right. I, I actually know this one. The oh, Well, I think it's the Tottenham Hotspurs. That is correct. Yes, I know that one because that's like the coolest name I remembered. I agree. So. <laughs> okay. Per, one apiece. This is going much better than I uh, already thought it was going to go. So, In fact, you're losing this. I am the loser in this. <laughs> if you guys get them all right. Okay. All right. Now that you guys flexed a little on me, I'm going to turn it up. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. Digi, what city are the Seahawks from? Ooh, okay. Um, so I'm thinking um, either Boston or Seattle, and I'm going to go with Seattle. That is correct. <laughs> Woo! All right. Okay. All right. Bunchu. <laughs> What city? Uh, let's see here. What city are the blues from? What city are the, the blues. blues from? Oh man. Uh jeez, I don't know. I Oh, is it? The name I the name is popular in my head. Hmm. I I I I don't know. Do Let I, me see. Do you um, take a stab in the dark? I no, would say, as, I, as a hint, this is, it, just as a North American, this is, a, I would say, in the top five most popular teams, maybe in that what? range. That's what I would say. I'd take it for what it's worth. Uh, I mean, I, maybe. Uh, the, only, the only team that I know is that is, like, blue, I think they're blue, would be Manchester City. And I know they're popular, but I'm gonna. So I'll go with that. That is not the answer I have here. The answer I have here is Chelsea. Ah, oh, you mean? I was just gonna say. So City is called the Sky Blues. <laughs> Manchester oh, man, City is called is? the Sky Blues. Oh come on, that's bullshit. <laughs> Damn it! So we're looking for the Blues. Uh, okay, so two one for. For Didge. Uh, okay. I mean, that's as close as I could get. That was a very good effort. <laughs> that was a very good effort. Um, okay. Okay. Let's move on here. Um, we are going to go with... Okay, Digi. What city are the Bills from? The Bills. That's B-I-L-L-S. Oh, this is a tough one. Um Right, I'm going to go for um, Boston. It's close. It starts with a B. Unfortunately, incorrect. We were looking for Buffalo. The Buffalo Bills. Yes. All right. I All got right. a chance now. Bunch right. is back in the game. Fun Fun fact about the Buffalo Bills, Chamber, uh, their team name. Uh, do you know what they are named after? Uh, I do not. So everybody thinks that it's some kind of buffalo, right? You would think so because they're, but they're really it's not. They're from Buffalo, mm-hmm. and their mascot is a buffalo. But uh, the they're actually named after a barbershop quartet. Really fun. Yes. That is a fun fact. <laughs> that is a very fun fact. 
that's funny. I did not know that. I will keep that in my uh, in my mind for future. That's a reference. bit of useless bunchu that, information. That is that's good to have. Okay, bunchu, your yeah. third question. What team? <laughs> again, I don't know if this is a city or not. Uh, we'll say what team are the hammers from? The hammers. The hammers. Come on. Uh, the hammers. So, okay. Well, let me just see here. If I... This is stupid. But I have a feeling it's probably similar to like what I just did with the Buffalo Bills, right? Uh, the only place I know that has ham in it would be West Ham. Woo! Is that correct? That is correct. Yes. Nice. It is a tie game. Let's go. Turns out the winner is me in this one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> tie game after what? Three? After so we got three. Two, to one, or two, two more two? to go. Okay. All right. Okay. Digi, what city are the Lions from? Oh, okay. Um, let me picture this. So I'm trying to think of the color of the kits. Um, That's right. So this I'm is, thinking, this is the move. yeah, is this like a bottle green or something like that? Um, they are blue. No, they are they're blue and blue. Color. They're like a babyish blue, right? Hey, right. So I can picture the team now in my head. Um, well, I can't remember the, the names. We're listening for keyboard clicks. No cheating. No, yeah, no, no cheating. No, no, definitely nothing like that. I'm talking more to bunch of. Uh, <laughs> I know the. Uh, Right. I'm going to go somewhere around the south, and I don't know why, but maybe, sorry, okay, this okay. is not my final answer, but something, I don't know, Tennessee, Nashville, or Miami come to mind. So I will give you all three of those answers, and they were all wrong. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Save me getting my hopes up, so yeah, kind of. That's yeah, right. I had to- <laughs> okay. Two for Digi after four questions. Two for Bunchu after three questions. Bunchu, this is your fourth question. Okay. All right. What team are the Gunners? The what, Gunners? The Gunners. What team uh, are the yeah, Gunners? Yeah, right. Um, I uh, wouldn't know this. So, man, it's funny because, like, Here's what I feel like the difference is between uh, our, like, the NFL and, like, Premier League, right? I feel like we mostly call the team by the team name. I agree. And I feel like a lot of, I feel like when we talk about, like, Premier League, we talk about them by the city instead. Yes. So, like, I would never, I I don't know. I have no idea. I, I can't even give you a guess. Let me go with... Um, okay, it's. I'll give you a hint. I'll give yeah. you a hint. It make the the name Gunners. Yes, makes sense for where they're from. Yes, um, I was going to say oh, that stadium is not far from my house. My wife supports the Gunners. Uh, I I still don't really know what that means. Okay. I, I I guess the only. I don't. I don't know. I'm going to kill myself after this one because I know it's probably sitting. There Do you want to take me. a stab in the dark? Uh, no, I okay. don't have one. You're you're <laughs> forfeiting your stab. Yeah, the Gunners are from Arsenal. The Arsenal oh, Gunners. Come on, 
I try to help you out. But see, on that like one. that's that's the thing is like I would just refer to them as Arsenal. Exactly, I agree. Your your assessment was apt. Um, okay, we're gonna give you guys some easy ones here to fu- to finish. Oh, yeah, this Save is like the penalty shootout. Well, what we're fifty fifty. I think that's pretty good. I agree. So we're gonna get you guys to to sixty percent on this test. Um, okay. All right. Digi. <laughs> Where? Uh, what city do the Cowboys play for? Oh, Dallas. <laughs> that oh, is. Come on, now you put the pressure on that me. That is correct. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now to find the hardest one for Bunchu. Um, come on. Okay, I'll give you a good one. I'll give you a good one. Let's see here. Let's see. Those are some of my favorite names. I'll tell you, EPL has the better names. Ooh, there's some I want to give you, but you are impossible to get. Um, let's go with the. Ooh. Let's go with the Red Devils. What team are the Red Devils? Uh, I think I know this one. So I, I think I know this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna have to just guess. I only know this one, I think, because my brother is a fan of this team, and he's got a sticker on the back of his car, uh, in his window, and I think it's Manchester United. That is correct. Yes. That is correct. (laughs) Both of you did extremely well. Hold on. Should we go for a tiebreaker? Okay. I'm going to give you both hard ones for the tiebreaker. How about that? Okay. Okay, tiebreaker time. Digi goes first. I'm going to go with... Hmm. Oh, I'm going to go... Earns it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, Digi, what city are the Bengals from? Oh, oh, man. So, I know this, but I can't think of it now. You put me on the spot. Um, right, okay. Um, Baltimore. Baltimore is incorrect. Uh, we were looking for Cincinnati, the Cincinnati Bengals. All right. Now, there's one that I've been looking at here a bunch. Uh, I I don't know. This is probably the best team name I've seen. Uh, what team do the <laughs> what what team do the Toffees play for? Uh, like the candy, the Toffees. T O F F E E S. Dude, I think I know this. Do one you too. really? <laughs> yeah. And again, it's because it's because my my friend roots for this team. He tried to get me. He tried to get me into it. I, actually, uh, I'm torn between two. It's either son of a bitch. My, well, I think my gut's wrong. I'm going with uh, so my the two that I'm between would be Southampton or. Everton and I can't oh, I'm going with Southampton can we give it to him Didge can we give it to him can we he said Everton it was, it was Everton. Everton it was Everton <laughs> uh, I feel we'll give him a half point for the victory no 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 I didn't get it I went with the other one we that's tied pretty good that's pretty <laughs> you want to do one more guys no <laughs> the post i'm all right okay off the post off the post for everton 
Uh, we'll have we'll have to get our, ourselves a couple of uh, toffee jerseys. I think. Oh my god! Yeah. Well, jerseys. it's it's so I actually went with the wrong. My buddy's my buddy roots for Everton, oh. and not Southampton. But I was like, eh, I think I'm wrong, and so the Everton uh, toffees. That's uh, some of the other uh, notable names. The West Bromwich uh, Albion. Is it? Am I saying that right? The Baggies. Uh, that. The baggies. The ba- I like that one. Um, we have the Sunderland Black Cats. I thought was fun. I uh, was hoping you'd give me Leicester City, because uh, I know that one. Oh, yep, the foxes. They, they actually have a uh, fox in their logo. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I also like the Bournemouth. Is it Bournemouth? Am I saying that properly? The cherries. The the Bournemouth Cherries and the Newcastle Magpies. Uh, oh, I like that one too. Uh, there's, there's some good <laughs> names there. So, um, shout out to the EPL for uh, coining some great names. Um, and I think that does it for the game. Um, All right. I think Which overall that- success. I want to. Yeah, I would say so. I thought that was I was going to crash and burn. Um, but that means that it's also going to do it for the show. So before we get going, uh, Digi, want to give you a special thanks for uh, coming on with us and let people know where they can find you um, on Twitter or uh, where can they find proof of review, anything like that. Yeah, definitely. Um, thanks again for having me on, guys. It's been uh, it's been fun. And yeah, that game was uh, it's pretty fun actually. Yeah, it better, went better than expected. Um, in terms of a little bit about me, um, yeah, you can find my website over at www.proofreview.com. Um, I recently built like a really cool um, exchange filter on there as well. So if you guys want to check it out, you can filter by exchanges, by fees, etc. Um, you can check that out on the website as well. Um, Twitter for me is at proofreview. Um, for proof review and then at grow digi for my personal one um, feel free to follow on both that is exciting uh, so did we mention coin hq uh, no go ahead i was gonna say you can absolutely find proof of review <laughs> along with such great episodes of uh of uh you know digi interviews on rec podcast at coinhq.tv um which uh i think we have Probably, I feel like we have the best uh, concentration of, of crypto content creators uh, on on there. So uh, we wanted to make sure that you guys uh, were aware of what Digi was doing. Actual good crypto work as opposed to what we're doing here on the, on the Rec Podcast. So uh, we want to make sure we're not polluting <laughs> the minds of crypto too much. We want to make sure we're giving them some outlets to grow their their um, you know their information and uh, and and suss out all the uh, all the bad stuff in crypto. So. Awesome. So that's going to do it. Thank you for uh, Digi for joining us. Check us out on coinhq.tv at coinhq underscore on Twitter and, um, you know, all the other places you can find wrecked. And until next time, don't get wrecked. And that is financial advice. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. You can help support us by giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and become a wrecked patron by signing up for a monthly tier on Patreon.com. That's Patreon.com forward slash wrecked podcast. Don't get wrecked.